everyone. Welcome to season two, episode 30 of Belgariad and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. This season, we're reading book two, Queen of Sorcery. And today we're diving into chapter 29. We're almost at the end <laughs> of the book. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. I'm an independent author and publisher and meditation guide. And I'm here with my partner, Alicia. Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm a fiction author and a story guide. And I've been excited this week though it's been a week of rest I've been doing a lot of stuff too so I'm just excited to be here and talk about this next chapter too cool well tell us what's been in your cup this week um my cup has been full of like a whiskey and honey and hot water <laughs> kind of thing like a tea and that's a toddy that's a toddy that's not a tea yes yeah that's a toddy um we've had some rounds of sickness going around started with the cold um then some kind of a i don't know what it was a body stomach bug so the weekend was a lot of rest for me because i was just letting that work through so it didn't like overpower me and it did it was it stayed really mild overall i just had to rest a lot um and it was also an extended weekend from school. So like the girls had a half day on Friday and no school on Monday. So it was a lot of family time. Um, but I, since I was kind of resting a lot, it, you know, I didn't really, <laughs> I wasn't able to really engage too much with them over the mm -hmm. weekends. They kind of did their own thing. And um, but the cool thing that happened was um, I have a friend who she coaches creatives on their business stuff mm -hmm. and she um, has been allowing me some of her content from the course to just help me like organize myself which has been really awesome because her stuff's helped me more than any of the stuff I've paid for in like <laughs> the last three years and so that's been really helpful and then I was also led to another woman who um, has helped me with a, another part of organizing um, with a Facebook group that I want to create a community in and it just feels like so clear to me now and I'm excited about it whereas before the things I was being people were bringing to me about how to use Facebook or Instagram or anything really it just didn't feel good to me and finally this is like a thing where, and I'm also at a place where I'm finally ready to just say, you know, I just was introduced to this book that's called, it's really popular. A lot of people probably heard of it, but something about how to, how to stop giving a fuck or something like that. And the gentle art of not giving a fuck, fuck or the subtle yeah, art of not giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one. And it's funny reading it. It really is just about non-attachment, which is the same thing. Like I've read in Eckhart Tolle's work and stuff, but it's just more <laughs> blunt and of this world mm -hmm. but um so I'm at that place too though where I am starting to really just not care in the sense that I can be myself completely on social media without worrying if someone's gonna leave a comment that's not pleasant or something if they mm -hmm. do I just delete it and move on yep so it's all just coming together 
Okay. And just resting in between that. I finally felt like myself again yesterday for the first time. Oh, good. So. Oh, sorry. Regan and yawning. It's nothing to do with you. I'm just a bit <laughs> sleepy today. Yeah. I hear you. So my cup this week has a concoction of lemon balm and blue lotus. I've been particularly dreamy. <laughs> And quite floaty this week. Um, I got my period and it was full moon on the same day. And I mean, it, even when I don't have my period, I get a bit like I can't sleep as easily. I fall asleep as easily. Or when I wake up in the night, I stay awake like if it's full moon. But guaranteed, if I've got my period and it's full moon, I'm like, mm wide awake but it's really weird kind of awake so if i wake in the middle of the night uh i've got a window above the bed and i look out the window into the night you know and it's sort of lit up and i have this feeling like i'm not sure if i'm awake or dreaming it's really mm -hmm. weird <laughs> <laughs> but that only happens when i've got my period i get in go into this um really um deep space of um, I don't know, just into myself more, I guess. Um, and I've, and also this week, um, I was apl I applied for a couple of freelance jobs, and I was really doing a number on myself, um, like with attack thoughts and all of this unkind bullshit going on in my head about how I wasn't good enough, and it was just all I was such a pretender and worthless worthless bloody oh my god it was just so I had a lot of breathing I was doing a lot of breathing this week and a lot of you know non-attachment work and kind of stopping the spinning um but um yeah so there was that but you know and the other thing that's going on is that my partner Hanukkah my beautiful woman uh, is working from home this week <laughs> because they've put coronavirus precautions in place. And so anyone who can work virtually from home has been asked to do so. And so she's home this week working downstairs in the studio and I'm up here working. It's work. It's really nice. I like it a lot. We have lunch together and both go back to our mm -hmm. offices and get on with work. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, gave me a little bit of insight into the future and hopefully we're both working here on goddess kindled universe stuff you know doing our creations and she's doing running bone deep sound productions which is her sound engineering company and composition outfit and i'm up here doing the publishing and it's all kind of working together yeah you know that's awesome yeah so that's been my week <laughs> sounds like a good one yes oh my ear is kind of hurting so sorry if I'm a bit I'm a bit deaf it's okay <laughs> <laughs> that was a hiccup oh my god I can feel it it's gonna start and I'm a really violent hiccupper uh-oh so so this will be interesting <laughs> <laughs> that'll be our hashtag this week hiccups I'm just trying to relax my diaphragm 
what's it what's Gary's wow. view this week <laughs> well yeah so while you relax your diaphragm um this week the chapter we begin it with Gary and he's still in like this haze of what's going on and uh, the voice in his head is quickly telling him like what to do and he follows and then they figure out that it's Aunt Paul and Barrick who have come to save the day to get him out but Garion has this out-of-body experience when he follows the advice of that voice and now he also can like observe that this voice has a shape to it that seems familiar too okay um so they float together and like observe everybody and then they tell Aunt Paul, like, we're over here. And then once she knows, they go back to Garion's body. Mm-hmm. So Aunt Paul arrives with Barrack, who is a bear at this point. And her and Salmisra face it off. Salmisra wakes up. Was it a statue? The big, big statue that we find out is a god with Torax and the other dude's brother. Isa. Uh, yeah. And we see Aunt Paul display some of her powers, which was really cool. And also Garion, he had, with some guidance from the voice, he had some oh, more yeah, power yeah, stuff yeah. happening too. Yep, I was trying to, to remember what, himself. I was trying to work out what you're referring to, but um, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. But what did you think? Good chapter, huh? Yeah, it was a good chapter. <laughs> I was in the private group right after I read it just to like post some reactions. Oh, were you? I totally missed that. When did you do that? Uh, last night sometime, because that's when oh, I read shit. it. Did? Yeah, Eric responded to me. Oh, <laughs> I, got some. I got a response. I didn't see it. Hang on. Look, there's 12 things in the group that I haven't responded to yet. Uh-oh. Is it alerting you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> If you can see the video of our recording, you're looking at my face, <laughs> reacting to the to the new. Um, so it's not very it's not very sociable for me to be doing that. I'll have a look after the show. I'll make that part of after the show. Sandra's reaction to <laughs> the group chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's but, it. I mean, that's yeah. The sum of the chapter, pretty it much. It is. So, why have I got porn of prophecy open? I did that earlier today. Because <laughs> you're floating right now. <laughs> Twice I've done the same <laughs> bloody thing. Jeez. No, I just did it again. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so at the start of the chapter, we're still with the um, the dude who's come in gibbering at the at Queen Samistra about the skies falling, the skies falling. Samistra is a bit is really kind of irritated and a bit miffed because she's like, you know, why didn't I know this? You know, none of my um, astrology, her astronomers. Yeah, she wants to know why she wasn't warned about the eclipse. So she thinks it's some sort of eclipse. But um, mm-hmm. the way it's described is more like a a cloud, like of something moving across the like the land, and just like a wall right. blocking everything out. Yeah, um, 
That's a good visual of the difference, right? Between just an eclipse happening, like the moon's just gone versus this darkness is like swallowing everything. Yep, yep, yep. And so she sends Sadi out to have a look and then to have a look and then come back and tell her what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And then she she wants Garion to tell her how she killed how he killed Mars, who is still twitching on the floor. Yeah, that's painful. I mean, he's not fully dead yet, or is he dead? His body's just twitching. Well, you know, I think we do twitch yeah. after death. All of that electrical impulse that's still leaving our body. Yeah, that's just and he was that, so he's full of electricity. <laughs> yeah that's true Um, but Garion doesn't know how he did it no (laughs) and plus his mind is like still in this fog of whatever she's given him too and he's still kind of adjusting to this voice like constantly being there all of a sudden saying listen to me yeah well it's interesting that the he his mind is foggy and the little corner of his mind that is alert is where this little voice is Mm-hmm. yeah she tries to get somebody else to to get the amulet from him well first of all she commands garion to take off the amulet and yeah, he tries to true. but he lifts his hands and then he can't move his he, he he's he physically something is physically stopping him from touching it and taking it off so he just lets his hands mm-hmm. fall and says i can't and then she tries to take to make someone else do it and he's like fucking bullshit no way (laughs) the snake is still twitching on the ground yeah it's interesting now how before it was just the voice that would come to him and now there's actually some kind of physical thing around him or near him that seems to not only defend him like Uh a snake but now is like I mean, it could still be the voice in his mind, like controlling his body too, but it's more physical now than just in his head. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's like coming out more into the outer world and other people are noticing it now. It's not just him. Well, and yeah, and I wonder how much of this is due to the fact that he is mostly asleep. And so he's not in the way to let whatever this is use like channel through him. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they start to hear crashing and bashing and horrible screeching sounds of nails in wood and, you know, things falling and people screaming in agony a long way down the corridors. And the dry voice in Garion's mind reaches out. I love when they reach out. They talk about reaching out with their mind. Mm Mm-hmm. You know where he's where it says he, he the, the the dry consciousness reached out and you know was relieved to find what was obviously Aunt Pole and Belgr and um, Barrack. Yeah. So, he, so what did you think about that? Yeah, to me it felt like because the voice says "Come with me," and but Garen's about to stand up and like walk, but the the voice says "No, this yep. way," and somehow it. It feels like Garion, like his energy leaves, almost leaves his body or like they I think that's, that's, ex- that's exactly what happens. And they are like just floating. And that's when you can see there's like a shape to this voice. 
Yes. Once he's out of his body with the voice beside him. Yeah. So he, he says it sounds like it's next to him now. Yes. Yeah. So it's got definite form. It's definitely not him. It's two separate parts of mm-hmm. Garion or whatever it is. It's separate from him. And as soon as he's out of his body, he's really clear again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like his so physical like form is dropped. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like his physical form is drugged. The body, the physical body is drugged, but the consciousness that lifts out is no, it's like, it's like the fog of that drugs physicality is no longer impeding his, mm-hmm. you know, awareness. Yeah. yeah. This is my favorite part of the chapter for sure. When they go and they like float through and they find um, the voice says they're going to go lead them back to where they need to go. And he's, he's like, lead who? And it's Polgara and Barrack. Mm-hmm. So he follows the voice like through the hallway, the corridor. And they find Aunt Pole and Barrack like battling a couple of guards. And that's the moment, the moment where we see sh- her eyes are ablaze in a fiery nimbus about her. And she strode through the hall. And beside her hulked the great shaggy bear Garion had seen before. Mm-hmm. This Barrack. I'd love to see an image of that, like Barrack as the bear with like his features still there. So, and it, at one point in a little bit, it talks about the bear rearing up on his hind legs to claw a man down from a pole that he's trying to climb up to get away. Yeah. And so it seems that he has like physically transformed into this bear. So it's not not just a spiritual thing. Yeah. Because because I wondered and and I still wonder how much of it is true is because Garion is in spirit form. And so what he is witnessing is the spirit form of Polgara and Barak. Mm. Like, I wonder how much of it is that. So the blue that he sees around Aunt Pole and the, you know, the energy crackling around her, I wonder how, if that is more visible and because of, because of the form that he's in. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but definitely could be. That makes sense. That he can see clearly, like he has sight now. Yeah, like all of that, all of the the stuff that was that would block vision, mm-hmm. all the physical crap that t- kind of gets in the way, isn't there? It's yeah. back in the throne room, mm-hmm. <laughs> drugged out of its mind, literally, literally. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point because when it. When he's back in his body and Barrack walks in, Barrack's Barrack again, right? Correct. Does they say anything? It doesn't say anything really about Aunt Polly either way, I don't think. No, she she's sort of I love the, I just love the visual I get when they describe Aunt Poll of, you know, her um so th- they get led back to the throne room and Polgara is just described as her terrible eyes or something, or and she's mm-hmm. just blasting walls out of her way on the way through and like they're just she's not yelling but the amount of power that i sense emanating from her just the way she's looking and 
being so fierce it's kind yeah. of awesome but, yeah and anyway when they get back to the throne room some mistress losing her shit because she wants she's <laughs> Garion is like not in his body, so he can't answer her. And she's like demanding, you know, what, um, how did you do this? Like she thinks that he's done whatever is happening outside. Yeah, right. And the voice tells him to let him handle it when they get back to his body. Mm-hmm. And so it describes him going back into his body, he feels a brief shudder. Uh, he was looking through his own eyes again. The fog returned. And um, Salmeister was just like right there in his yep. face. And yep. he's confused. Mm. Um, but, but now when he speaks, it's like the voice in his head's coming out of him. Yes. Now? Yes. So, but, so as you said, the voice warned him. You know, gave him a bit of a warning. If if, if you yeah. find yourself, did did you say if you find yourself doing or saying things, um, it's oh, me. That was the other there. chapter. Oh, is that a different? Yeah, that was a different chapter. It just says, um, when we get back, let me handle things. We have to buy some time. Oh, okay. So building on the what he set up in with Garion before, like, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, she he, says he, she doesn't believe him. Yeah, well, he's like, what do you mean? I can't do any of this. I'm just a boy. And she's like, yeah, no, I know exactly who you are and how much power you have. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting. And I'm wondering what you think about this. She's like, I know who you are. Not even Belgarath could blot out the sun. Right. Which proves my theory wrong. <laughs> what was Maybe. your theory? Oh, that, the, that, the, it, the that it was him. <laughs> that was him. Well, not necessarily. It just means that Selmestra doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. And she talks about, um, she sort of starts to threaten him, wanting answers, telling him that what she's made him drink ha- is poisoning him, is basically killing him. And she, you know, she explains that he has, Bel- uh, Belgarian has to have more or he'll die. So pretty potent drug you are mine belgarian yeah i spit my tongue fuck Uh, that hurts ouch (laughs) thank goodness it's mostly numb Hmm. anyway so so this was okay so when she now it says that after she like yells at him that she's he you are mine (laughs) She like turns around, she looks up startled and then turns to the statue behind her. So they can hear the shrieks coming from outside. So Paul and Barak are at the door. She realizes that someone's at the door and then she turns around and starts doing this thing with the statue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So speaking in so- a strange language, she sort of starts doing ceremonial motions in the air and weaving her hands and intricate gestures and so she's obviously doing some kind of incantation yeah okay so she can't pull burst in the door yeah and it says her her white lock is ablaze and her eyes are dreadful i love it i love it i love it can Uh you just see it 
Yeah. But here it says the great bear at her side roared, his teeth dripping with. So I guess he was still a bear. Yes, flesh still hanging from his claws. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Aunt Paul is starts in on Salmistra. You know, I've warned you, and the Queen just pushes straight back. Stop where you are. The boy's dying. Nothing can save him if you attack me. Like you know. Um, and Telling then, me between Aunt Paul and Belgarath, they couldn't figure out a way to save him. Yeah, I don't think so. And so she, she, and then, and then in the next breath, some mystery tells her exactly what poisons are in him. So, but I mean, maybe it, it's the fact that these are things that have never before been able to be purged from a person. They either die or continue taking it. That could be mm-hmm. the way it is because it's not like there, there's a ready solution. And then, Aunt Paul speaks with her mind into Garion's mind again, but the dry voice answers. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants to know if it's all true. And he's kind of matter of fact, you know, yep, yeah, it seems to be they made him drink things. Um, and then they have this little inter-exchange. Did Garion know that you're there? Aunt Paul wants to know. And it's a little yeah, bit because... crypt- yeah, a little bit cryptic. Mm-hmm. Because she goes into Garion's mind to ask him if it's true, but instead of Garion answering, the voice answers, and she can tell the difference. Yes. She's like, who are you? Yeah. Which I thought was funny. (laughs) And she's like, does Garion know? Like he said, I've always been here. And um, she asks Garion knew. And he says he knows I'm here, but he doesn't know what it means. Yeah. Yep. So, and I mean, it's true, like from the start of the book, it, it's it's been gradually just becoming more like a conversation partner and less the voice that tells him he's being stupid or that, you know, maybe that was right. do like a, like a, like a conscience kind of voice mm-hmm. and more into like this conversation partner. Yeah. And guide. Yeah. So she starts instructing the voice like what what they need to do mm-hmm. um, to save Garion. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, well, the voice says, uh, I'll show him how to do it. And she's like, but can't you just do it? And he said, no, the power's not mine. Mm-hmm. It's his. I think that's an important so, distinction. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting comment. And so, so the protection that this for want of a better word the dry voice has been affording Garion like the aura of protection and limiting his movements he can't take the the medallion off and you know charging the energy of the medallion to to kill the snake and what have you that didn't seem to be Garion's power yeah that seemed to be the dry voice like a separate power, a separate kind of power protecting Garion. What do you think? Right. That's that's how I interpreted yeah. it. Me too. But now um, because, that... I mean, okay, so, so maybe the difference is that this is something in Garion's, I don't know. 
there must be some kind of boundary or limitation or things that the 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 garion has to do for himself as opposed to being protected or you know maybe there's certain things that there's only certain things that the dry voice or this this greater power can Mm -hmm. actually do yeah that could be it it could be um yeah, I don't know. It'd have to be something the author would distinguish of mm. what the voice so, can and can't do. But I just think those little distinctions are quite interesting. How the yeah. how the author decides, you know, uh-huh. what's possible, what's not in a certain right situation. So anyway, for this particular situation, to fix the get to burn the blood at to burn the drugs out of his blood, Polgara has given the instructions and then um, it's really, I love how simply the voice describes it to Gary. Yeah. Think about your blood. We're going to change it for a moment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, really, really simple, easily visualized instructions. And, and I think that that is interesting because if, it's the intention behind an action that gives the magic its power. Mm-hmm. And that is for real magic in quotation marks or, you know, fictional magic. It's right. the intention that you form and your ability to see it as done mm-hmm. that pushes it out into the universe and sets off that ripple effect. So, yeah. And he does it really well. They change it. Yeah. They burn it. They make it yellow. His scary says his blood is yellow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Basically sets himself on fire on the inside. <laughs> I know. It's got to be a... Uh painful experience as he was trembling violently his heart stammered and he does he uses the will and the word he puts his finger he gets the visual he understands what he has to do he puts his fingertips to his chest and he wills his blood to change that's it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah um, that's powerful yeah and so he can feel himself dying so even as he's dying he can he's doing this he's holding his will there just like right on the edge just as his eyes are going dark the voice says they change it back mm-hmm. and he still has the wherewithal to let it go or to to to, to use his will to to flip the switch back again right it's a lot like when you use your mind to heal yourself yep i mean it's the same thing it's like exactly keeping your thoughts focused yes your thoughts focused on yourself as healthy yes mm-hmm. i was just listening to a podcast about that this morning it's interesting <laughs> the parallel yeah yep um so yeah they tell her it's done so that now aunt pole can do what she needs to do <laughs> yes. which is destroy salmisra <laughs> so talk to me about what the queen's doing so the queen sort of is still doing her style, her thing, her conjuring or whatever she's doing. Yeah. And, um, 
and then the eyes mm. of this huge statue behind the divan, uh, his uh, the eyes begin to open emerald fire and her there's a jewel on her crown that begins to glow at the same time yeah this uh i had a visual a lot of like the um in aladdin the cave of wonders that face that opens up his mouth ah, uh-huh. and then they climb in the eye glow and he kind of looks like a statue even though it's sand i just envisioned that in the darkness like way up high like this thing awakening his mouth's opening and the eyes are glowing very cool so she has summoned this what was his name isis so great isa so isa is the is the god of the nuisance okay she summons him because she wants his protection she wants him to fight for her well to get these people out it's polgara (laughs) I know, but she, she doesn't seem to understand what she's really just done. I don't think, yeah, it does late. seem that way, doesn't it? Yeah, because she like, thinks she's waking this this dude up and he's going to come and like help her fight everybody and get them yeah. out of there. I don't think she understands the, the, the like, she seems quite shallow. Yeah, and she's demanding statue of this god to you know wipe these people out and so he's at first he's like well who dares to enter here and you know defile my temple polgara is telling her it's forbidden that yeah she's gone too forbidden. far yeah but um Salmisha's not hearing that and she's telling her like you can basically just just go ahead and try try to stop him so Polgara's like okay I will yeah yeah and she just she straightens and Polgara grows herself to the size of this massive statue and Issa knows exactly who she is and they have a conversation like a personal mm-hmm. we know each other conversation yeah Polgara and the god of the nuisance right and she's very respectful Polgara is kind of, you know, Issa is puzzled, doesn't understand why Polgara would do this, attack his beloved. And she's so, like, kind in her explanation of what's going on. Right. Yeah, she explains they're there to fulfill the prophecy. Yeah. So they talk Um, about the prophecy. Mm -hmm. And she, she explains that, Salmistra has betrayed him and his brothers, you know, the other gods. And he's confused because she has the face of his beloved. But, of course, over the thousands of years since the gods departed the earth, the nurse and queen, Salmistra, has been chosen for her resemblance to the original queen. Yeah. That's how the new queen is always chosen. And they take lots of different drugs to keep them young. And and the thing about this drug that they take, they keep them young and beautiful and looking like the original Samistra is it inspires this lust inside them that can never be satiated. It's They're always until they drop dead. Right. 
Yeah, so he realizes that he's been duped by this woman he thought was his beloved. And that the prophecy that he's actually been asleep for a very long time. He didn't really seem to know that. So yeah, Polgar explains to him the day of the prophecy has come and that they need, it needs to be fulfilled and Salmisra is trying to keep Garion for herself. Mm-hmm. Which, what is her real purpose behind so, keeping well, Garion? So, and the whole reason oh, right, was so that she could get or more, be, be, have Torak bestow immortality on her and Polgara explains this to Issa and he's disgusted. You know, she, you know, my my beloved would lie with my foul brother Torak. Meanwhile, some is just down at his feet screaming lies, lies, it's all lies. And so Issa reanimates Mars. Well, first he sort of he's his look, I'll find the truth out for myself. And Garion feels a sort of a touch on his mind, like this vast, enormous touch. Like, just can you imagine a yeah. god touching your mind like that? <laughs> and um, and then he reanimates Mars and questions him and gets some straight answers. Right, that's when he finds out about Torak and her plan. Yeah, yeah. and then he lets Mars. Go back to sleep. Yep. <laughs> sleep in peace. Yep. And then the and then Issa says, "Well, I've got to get out of here because my presence might um, wake Torak, which would start, you know, what does he call it? The war with that will, which will un, would unmake the world." Mm-hmm. He goes back into the wall, and the spirit, his spirit departs. Yeah. And the only thing before he goes, as he's sort of as he's going, he t- tells Polgara to take care of things, but just don't kill some Mister out of the memory of his beloved. Mm-hmm. And, so um, I'm wondering that, like, this is the god of the Nations. Uh huh. He seems like a decent god, right? Yeah, he does. But isn't so, it the way, like, thousands of years will pervert our culture away from uh, the original yeah. teachings of their spiritual masters? Uh, yeah. I'm curious why Nais is the one, though, of all the others that seem to be doing pretty good overall. I mean, give or take, the, the Nais seem to have just went right down <laughs> into the well, depths of... Well, I guess it's it's the, the passage of of time and the as i say the the confusion when people start interpreting for themselves what's best and lose that connection to divine guidance yeah i wonder too if it's um not a lot of misunderstanding from the rest of the world on the majority of naisins was it was it all of them or is it just so much the rule of these women who were like well i think that that must have something to do with it like if the original uh ruler she was she didn't take any of these drugs Mm -hmm. she just was she wouldn't have had all of these other influences driving her passions causing her to create the world around her in a way that would satisfy all of those needs yeah makes sense 
it's, it's, it is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so, so he leaves and now Salmisra is um, begging her to not kill, begging Polgara not to kill her. Mm-hmm. But Polgara obviously isn't going to kill her. She tells her, you will live for a very long time, eternally, perhaps. So <laughs> she gets a almost, bit excited about that. <laughs> yeah, she gets her hopes up for a second. And, but she says, I have to change you, though, because of the poison you've drunk for so long. It's slowly killing you. And she says, you're decaying. Sounds terrible. You're decaying. <laughs> it does. You're it de- does, does come to <laughs> a kind of a, you know... <laughs> She's Mummy like, soon like you'll be quality. ugly and old. <laughs> oh, the horror, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> the lust that fills you will burn itself out and you'll die. Mm-hmm. And she, of course, as soon as she, like, she says that, and so Mr. is immediately looking in the mirror for the decay, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's like, it's just going to be a little change. Yep. Your blood's um, too warm. That's all. <laughs> So then the change begins to happen mm-hmm. and we see as, you know, the scales appear, her body, her shoulders disappear, legs blend together and all that. Yeah. I love She's this turning into a transformation. Snake. Like I can, yeah. I, I, I have to close my eyes and I can sort of see her chin like tipping up. Like you look to the ceiling and then this, the, the smile stretches back to her ears and the chin just keeps pointing out till it's like it's pointed snake's face oh it's yeah. wonderful <laughs> yep so now she is like the protector of isa kind of just there to to sit on her little throne yeah. so i imagine her as a as a more gigantic form of mass with the mm-hmm. crown on her head because she still has the yeah. crown on her head the snake still has the yeah. crown right it's like the snake from a, is it snake in the jungle book that wears a crown or is that that's the orangutan no yeah it's the big it's the big monk the big orangutan okay i don't know why oh it's from robin hood the snake wears the crap a crown yes 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 oh my god i, knew that I had is, a visual that's such a classic like cartoon that was like a favorite of of um, my daughters and i when the girls were little we used to watch that i yeah. watched it actually not long ago i just love it <laughs> yeah it's a good one that was funny i kept seeing the visual of this cartoon snake with a crown i'm like what is that from i'll see um, if i can find it and i'll put it in the show notes <laughs> yeah so after like witnessing this everybody who was her following is like cowering around polgara <laughs> they got it. They, they're a bit shocked We'll send word ahead that you are free and clear to leave. We'll just send word, you just off you go. But farewell, fair for fair mm-hmm. winds, and you know, would you like anything else? <laughs> yeah. But then still the some of those eunuchs that she had are still there uh praising her, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like you gotta snake. remember they're the snake people. Yeah. Yeah. So they're gonna still just stay with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knows how that's gonna go. Take care of a snake for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Sounds great. So Garion looked back once and followed Aunt Paul. And it's 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 an interesting visual. Like 
he looked back at Selmistra, but he couldn't tell how she felt because she was a snake and there was no expression on her face. He couldn't tell what she was thinking. I know. <laughs> That's cool. So is, is there one chapter left now? There's one chapter left. Cool. Excited. There's so many airplanes right now. I'm sorry. Oh, is there? I haven't heard many, but then again, okay. I'm deaf. They sound today. really loud on my side. So I don't know if the mic picks them up, but well, you know, I'm really sorry, everyone. There is they do plane sounds do end up in the final episode, but that's just the way it is. And you love yeah. us anyway, so there we go. <laughs> I wish I could tell them to change their schedules, but you know, mm. it didn't really work. Okay, so that's the chapter. Now we can move into the magic from the chapter. Yeah. So, so my magic is I love the blue nimbus that surrounds Aunt Paul as she's like blasting her way through the palace. So what is a nimbus? It's like a light, like? So like, a, like a glowing light like an aura? around something. Yeah, like an aura. Okay. Because I hear the word nimbus and I think of the broomsticks from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, oh my I was God, like yeah, a blue nimbus. Well, I, I, all I could see in my head, I looked at, I had to look it up, the definition. Like, I'm like, is that a word? Because every time I said it, I could just see like the car. There's a van called a nimbus. <laughs> it's the name of a car. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And um, so I'm like, oh, I have to look it up. Make sure it's actually like what I think it is. Yeah. That it was, yeah. Okay. Isn't that, and I love that, that we had two me. totally different frames of reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, my magic yours? was Aunt Paul growing herself to be as tall as the statue. Yep. I could just see that happening. Yep. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, real life relating. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> so, my real life relating. So, that sense that Polgara had of marching through the palace in search of Garion and being completely inside this roaring power of you have fucked with the wrong boy mm -hmm. so my real life relating i don't know why i'm whispering because this is going out to a bunch of you in public radio <laughs> it was a time when i had to i gathered my daughters to me behind me I had to call my ex-husband to his senses after he'd lost his temper and um, punched a hole in the dining room wall. And um, I can remember drawing myself up to my full, not unsubstantial height of nearly five foot 11. I'm a bit of an Amazon when I get going. I can remember the sense of power that just flooded into my body that went, you know what, that's not okay. And you're going to yeah. stop right now. Mm -hmm. And just like having my children there behind me, and they're only up to my, like, they were just little. Right. But yeah, 
I can remember that. I can like put myself there. I can feel that in my body. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Holes in the walls. I'll show you some freaking holes in the walls. I'll blast everything to smithereens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my real life yeah. relating. Yeah. I think that's a common feeling for mothers. We all have that at some point, that sensation go through us. So I get it. But mine was, I had a hard time. So I just went with the uh, finding something. So I just went with the realizing that there's, when you start um, becoming aware that there is a higher voice within you or that you're connected to the higher power that is all of the universe and you mm -hmm. can start hearing the messages or feeling them, um, sensing that familiar feeling of like, yeah, that has, that is from some other time that I've forgotten about because yep. I got so, you know, consumed yep. by this world. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that same feeling like Gary and kept saying it, that the voice and the shape of it were familiar. Yep. Same thing with like. Oh, I like that. I love that. Yeah. 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 Oh, very nice. Okay. Prophecy speak. this week is how will life look if I continue with my new freelance work freelancing work that I'm taking on if I continue with that what will my life look like and I'm hey. using Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen because I love it okay you are too hasty sir she cried you forget that I have made no answer. Let me do it without further loss of time. Accept my thanks for the compliment you are paying me. I'm very sensible of the honour of your proposals, but it is impossible for me to do otherwise than decline them. I am not now to learn, replied Mr Collins, with a formal wave of the hand, that it is usual with young ladies to reject the addresses of the man whom they secretly mean to accept, when he first applies for their favour and that sometimes the refusal is repeated a second or even third time. I'm therefore by no means discouraged by what you have said and shall hope to lead you to the altar ere long. Upon my words, sir, cried Elizabeth, your hope is rather an extraordinary one after my declaration. I do assure you that I am not one of those young ladies, if such young ladies there are, who are so daring as to risk their happiness on the chance of being asked a second time. I am perfectly serious at my refusal. You could not make me happy, and I am convinced that I am the last woman in the world who would make you so. Nay, were your friend Lady Catherine to know me, I am persuaded she would find me in every respect ill-qualified for the situation. Were it certain that Lady Catherine would think so, said Mr. Collins gravely, but I cannot imagine that her ladyship would at all disapprove of you. And you may be certain that when I have the honour of seeing her again, I shall speak in the highest terms of your modesty, economy, and other amiable qualifications. 
So this scene, Mr. Collins is asking Lizzie to marry him and she keeps saying no and he keeps not believing that she's actually saying no. And in the end, she just walks off because she's astounded at his stupidity. So am I Lizzie or Mr. Collins? <laughs> am I butting my head against something, refusing to see the answer? Or am I being steadfast in my refusal? Or, you know, steadfast in what I know of myself and continuing? Who spoke first? Lizzie. I'm Lizzie. Okay. Yeah, I thought it spoke to you were talking about that by applying to these jobs, you were dealing with some, what was the word you used? Like, yeah. Yeah, but, but in that passage, it was saying that you don't need, like, she's basically telling him, I don't need you or your approval to feel good about myself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. And so it's just like, yeah, you apply to these jobs, they might say, no, that's not going to affect you in any way. No. How will your life look? If I continue mm. with the work, like, I got the job. I'm, oh, I'm doing the work. So if I continue with the work, what will my life look like? And I think that I just need to continue steady, steady, because it's not a big million dollar deal. It's just a steady, 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 gradual. Mm -hmm. And that's what she was doing. She was just being really centered and steady. And, and if for whatever reason, the relationship got to a point where it wasn't working for you you yeah. can just walk away i just walk away exactly i can i literally can yeah with no um repercussions at all right okay i'm happy with that no yeah. no um stunning revelations but it matches the situation i'm asking about yeah and i think it's too that it's um the situation itself is pretty straightforward uh -huh. too. Yep. So it makes sense. Cool. What's your prophecy? Well, I liked the way you phrased your question. So I kind of took the phrase and applied it to my own thing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's still like connected to the one last week. And like, mm -hmm. I can already hear. <laughs> so you don't need the book at all. Hear... You just close your eyes and speak. Yeah, but I'm asking, how will my life look if I just allow things to unfold? Like if I use the intention and the power that the universe has to resolve things that, because it sees everything that I can't see. Mm -hmm. Instead of approaching a conversation that could ultimately lead to something um, not good for anybody, how will that look? So if I allow, if I can, if I just allow the universe to handle this by setting my intentions towards a peaceful resolution, how will my life look? <laughs> um, I'm using the Raven dreams because this is my book, because I've, it's been in my life a lot lately, stuff mm -hmm. I'm doing. Okay. Okay. 
After what feels like a long time walking in darkness, I make out a shadow of something on the horizon. As I get closer, I can see it's a form of civilization. Nerves churn in my stomach. Should I go towards it in hopes I may find some answers to where I need to go or am I being a fool to even consider being seen? I move near the edge of the hills that reach around the border of the small town, hopeful that they will provide me some cover. As I approach, I notice it's much quieter than it should be for a civilization and I'm reminded instantly of my dreams. <clears throat> it's disturbing how similar it feels being here to what it felt like in my dreams. The only thing missing is the dead bodies and flashing lights. Against the purple sky, I notice a shadow pass across the light of the moon. I look up, startled by its swiftness, swiftness and expecting the worst. My heart skips a beat. Above the outskirts of the town, I spot it. A large raven is soaring weightlessly through the air, gliding with ease, just like the bird from my dreams. Only in my dreams, he was much larger. I watch it with care, admiring his freedom to fly away to any place he wishes. That sentence right there was like the whole idea of the raven dreams is that I just loved how birds could fly away whenever they wanted to. Um, so what will my life look like if I just allow the universe to resolve this? Um, I think the, the fact that she's approaching this civilization that she's just entered into this world that she's never been to before. It's a whole new place. And she's literally like just gotten there and she's seeing after wandering and like nothing for a while, she's finally seeing this place that has you know a sign of people in life and <laughs> I know it's right there and I'm trying to grab it um you're heading towards something that you think looks like something but when you arrive there it doesn't it actually isn't like that at all mm -hmm. something you think is full and has life in it but you get there and discover that there is none not even the dead bodies yeah and then you look up and you see your freedom Mm -hmm. right it's like yeah looking for answers down here but as soon as she looks up she sees the symbol mm -hmm. so to me that's saying like as soon as I can truly just let it go completely from my hands, completely release any and all control of it. And that means stop thinking about negative outcomes that uh, it will resolve itself. That's what I'm getting. Okay. But I perpetuate it with my mind.
because I can't, I have a really hard time with this specific thing, like stopping the thoughts from continuously thinking about like, well, what if this, or what if that? And, and it's, and I'm catching myself now, but it's still like, why do you keep thinking about that when you've already told yourself you're releasing that to be resolved by something higher than you that understands the whole the whole of mm. life sometimes it's the higher thing that speaks to you that prompts you to action mm -hmm. that is the resolution yeah I just haven't felt that prompt that's felt right I feel like it's a prompt still from my ego being like oh but you gotta you know, if you say this, then it can go this way. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for that, that moment of action. So for right yeah. now, it's kind of like, just stay with the flow of what's happening. And you'll know when it's the right time, and you'll know what to do. Yeah, that stillness and staying really present. Seeing exactly what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. Not laying the dream over the top of it but being very yeah. present and reacting yeah. and responding to what is actually happening now mm -hmm. and now. Yeah. And now. And now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Acceptance, acceptance of the now. Yeah. It's definitely, I feel like I'm at a place of acceptance completely. I just, um, my mind tries to project to the future and create all this stuff that's just not even I don't know that would actually happen that way I'm just making myself stress about it because yep. of the past and look whatever moment you're in you respond a certain way and then the next moment you respond another way and there's no right or wrong it's just the way that you do it in that moment yeah but respond from in that moment to that moment, not in that moment to something back then or to something in the future. You respond in this moment to this moment. Yeah, makes sense. prediction for the next chapter oh, yes, for the next please. chapter so last week he said mr wolf has arrived and turned the day dark in order to rescue garion some kind of epic battle <laughs> i think so yeah <laughs> high voice uh um, well, get a question mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was halfway I'm still, we still don't really know who brought on the darkness. We do Probably not. Probably Cole. But. So, so, okay, so Mr. Wolf has arrived and turned the day dark. No, you got that wrong. Mm. But you did get the second half right. Yeah. Epic battle. That was good. That was pretty good battle, yeah. So next week, um, last next chapter week. of the book, what's happening? Okay, so this is the last chapter. I'm going to guess that we're not actually going to see Wolf or Silk again before the end of this book now. I don't think they're coming back <laughs> until the next book. <laughs> we'll see. 
um, but the rest of the gang who's still around are gonna get back together, kind of regroup, and then continue on. And it's gonna be like, you know, like the end of the first Lord of the Rings, uh, the vision of Frodo and Sam trekking off towards Mordor. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll okay. see the gang trekking off towards whatever their next destination Very is. Very good. All right, so uh, I have a uh, oh okay, some special announcements about summer break. So I know that's not until like we don't break until June. Um, but I was working out the schedule today, finally. And so if we don't have any sort of unforeseen skipped weeks, which you know if something strange happens and we have to skip a week recording. <laughs> Um, if we don't have to do that, we'll be almost to, at the end of part one of book three, Magician's Gambit, when we go on summer break in June. Because next week will be the last episode of season two. So the way we run our seasons is not year to year, it's book to book. So we can decide closer to the time when we were going when we go on break whether we have a couple of bonus episodes or if we've had some skipped weeks it'll line up pretty well that we'll just do part one um, and then head into the Vale of Aldur after the break maybe but um, we'll just see see how it happens but and um, are we going so next week's the last week of this season are we going straight into season three yes okay well it just Good, you know it We'll, we'll record when we can record. Summer is our time for break. Yeah. It's um, fine. I was just, I just. So you'll sure. have an entire summer without. So I'm trying to organize it uh, so that when we break, we're at a, like a. I won't be able to read anything. No, you won't. So I'm trying to organize it. So when we do break, we've sort of, it's at a logical place in the book. And book three has several parts, it has like five parts to it or something so um I'm, I'm gonna try and line it up so that we're at the end of part one which is marigor just as we're coming up to break so it'll be pretty it'll be pretty close so okay <laughs> so that's my special do you have any special announcements i don't think so um we have had some more people come in into the community, which has been really cool. Yeah, that's really last nice. Last week. I got yeah. very excited. <laughs> excited. Um, oh, I just, I'll just have a quick look. Who was it that he came in and he binged Binge all of our episodes? <laughs> is it, that's is it awesome. Hang on, let me just. Because that's commitment. Get your name, darling, so that we can name you. The only podcast I've done that with is MuggleCast. And Game of Owns. Game of what? Game of Owns. It's for Game of Thrones. Owns? <laughs> yeah, Owns. Because they would do weekly. Their thing was they would give their own of the week for the chapter. So, like, the own was, like, their favorite part of the chapter. Oh, okay. Like, let's say this character owned that scene. Oh, or... okay, 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 okay. I see. Um, oh, Ryan. That's right. Ryan binged a show. <laughs> yeah. That's so and cool. now he's caught up. So you're welcome. 
and it's just very cool so yeah I love that people are so excited about these books that you know you can you can consume some of your favorite content and you like us enough to listen while we throw all of our thoughts about us it's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah blabbers on magic and (laughs) all of our opinions (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway we are at the end of the episode darlings um thank you very much for hanging around and listening to us yes yes we really appreciate you being here with us and going through the bulgaria i'm wondering if anybody listening though if I'm, am I the only one who's like reading this for the first time? I would say yes. No, I reckon. I, <laughs> I reckon love to have are. somebody else, somebody else tune in who's like, oh, I haven't read this. Let me just start reading along, so that I would love me. to know. Yes, I would love to know if there's someone else doing that. But I really think that you <laughs> are the special one. Yeah. Um, so okay. anyway, the hashtag for this week is hashtag snake with a crown so you know use it in any social media posts or just you know throw it in the conversation that's fine you can find the extended show notes and links to all the things on our website belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com head over there and sign up to our mailing list you can leave a voice message for us and there'll be a link to the in the show notes for that and just let us know if you don't want your message on the show you can email Belgariad and beyond at gmail.com with all your questions and comments. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Belgariad and beyond. And Alicia and I are indie artists. And the best way for you to support this show is to become a patron. So you can find out more about that at patreon.com forward slash Belgariad and beyond. There will be a link in the show notes. And this episode of the show is brought to you by Sandra's blog. Yes, so I was trying to think what kind of complemented this week's show. And my Mm. blog is, like, you can go there and read about my own instances of blasting life to atoms (laughs) and the exquisite (laughs) fury of smearing blood mixed with understanding on the walls of my, you know, underground hallways because I take all of these deep dives and tend to... um, descend into the underworld quite often in my explorations of my shadows um there's a depth of self-kindness in all of my articles that really just like just catches your breath just quickens your breath a little bit and i have Mm. some pretty good humor um you will smile smile wryly you will shake your head you might even chuckle out loud Um, (laughs) and i swear a bit (laughs) (laughs) I think they're um, used to that by now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and, and actually the blog I made, I started to make some of the episodes into a podcast series. So I'll link that as well. If you prefer to listen rather than read, you can do that. Nice. Cool. Well, that's it for this episode. Yes. See you for the last chapter of yeah. Queen of Sorcery next week. Yep. I'm excited to read it. Just a few more days and I can read it. Yes. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Waiting for a whole week. (laughs) Yeah. I don't usually read fiction like this, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm so glad we're doing this. (laughs) 
Yeah, me too. Okay. See you on. Well, I did it again. Talk to you next week, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.